From Los Angeles, California, this is Burncast, and I'm Istari. And I'm the bomb. Happy Tutu Tuesday, and welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Istari. We're actually wearing our tutus we right are. now. We're wearing matching tutus. Matching tutus. My name's Istari, and I'll be today's host. Now, last week, I know we had some confusion about where Debom went. We received this email from Lovely Freaky, who said, quote, Okay, when I heard Starry speaking, I thought... It's Istari. <laughs> Lovely Freaky, it's Istari. Okay. <laughs> I thought, what happened to the bomb's voice? I didn't listen to the previous cast, so perhaps you mentioned guest commentators? She's got a great voice, but it's not you. Bomber, can you clarify for Lovely Freaky? Okay. I just want to make an announcement that from time to time, we will be having guest hosts and special producers for different segments. You see, in my mind, in my heart, Burncast is citizen journalism. Mm. And now it just means if I share the yeah. burden of it, mm. I don't have to do all the fucking work. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's a lot. No, I know, I know. Uh, getting the stories, editing the stories, doing the voiceover, uploading to our server... Blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I want to share Burn Cows with people like you to help us co-create the show. Okay. Well, I am honored. Thank you. <laughs> Let's get started. In this episode, which is part two of a two-part series, we speak to Brian Doherty, author of This is Burning Man. If you missed last week's episode, where Brian talks about the early days of our beloved event, be sure to check it out on BurnCast.net. Burncast met up with Doherty on January 28th, 2007 in his home in Hollywood, California. Oh, wait, did you just say Hollywood, California? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> He's my neighbor. Yeah. Oh. just over the hill. Yeah. Wow, cool. Okay, let's get on with the show. First up is the Burncast Community Bulletin Board. Now, the first item is something that is currently featured on the Burncast MySpace blog. Okay, everybody's going, what's the Burncast MySpace blog? Well, Burncast has a MySpace account. <gasps> we have a blog. It's the future! <laughs> Just be glad we're not on Facebook. Okay? <laughs> anyway, in our blog is an entry entitled Workers Protest at Burning Man Headquarters. And it's really serious. On February 18th, 2007, a few workers, some with their heads covered with paper bags, staged a small demonstration outside of Burning Man Headquarters in San Francisco to protest what they say are reductions in pay, forced, quote-unquote, death waivers, and lack of adequate health care for the workers who primarily cleaned the desert up after the Burning Man event. If you want to learn more about that, there is a video embedded in that blog, and you can just click to your heart's content. It's only 10 hours long. <laughs> but they're wearing paper bags. It's fun. <laughs> Second up, we'd like to remind our listeners to stick a pin in our new Frapper map. It's Frapper. Frapper. Frapper map. And <laughs> help us spread the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. Click on the Frapper map tab at our website, burncast.net. If you would like to contact us and participate in citizen journalism... Take an active role in your community. <gasps> there are three ways to get in touch. Number one, call the Burncast hotline at 206-350-1416. Or leave a message by clicking on the My Chingo button, which is an audio recorder that is embedded at our website, burncast.net. Or, number three, leave us an email at burncast at gmail.com. We are so high-tech. We are on it. Okay, we'll wrap up the Burncast Community Bulletin Board by reminding our listeners that Burncast is a non-commercial podcast that is entirely free to download. It's a gift. But we do have... 
specific needs and significant expenses. It costs money to do this. If you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying it, we ask that you please participate by any means possible. We currently have need of one gigabyte Sony High Mini Disc diskettes, which would totally, totally help me out with future field recordings for Burning Man 2007. We're not begging. But if you would like to support us, please click on the support tab at our website, burncast.net. Let's move on to today's episode, part two of a two-parter. Today, DeBom and Chai Guy speak with Brian Doherty, author of the book, This is Burning Man. In part two, Brian talks about the current issues surrounding the Burning Man brand and the legal dispute between the Black Rock City LLC, namely Larry Harvey and Danger Ranger, versus John Law. If you're playing the three-plier community drinking game at home... Please note that we changed the rules slightly in this round, and we highly recommend playing along with us by cracking open our fresh, cold beers, such as we did for the show. That's it. Here's our interview with Brian Doherty. Let's roll. All right, so bring us, bring us up to speed now. Earlier this month, John Law filed a lawsuit against the Black Rock City LLC. Can you talk about that and what's his beef? Sure. Um... There's an interesting distinction between what the actual filing says, and it's easy for anyone to check on this. Uh, John has been super public and transparent about all of this, uh, not only about his own business, but but about uh, Larry and Michael's as well, because he's not only put his own legal filings up, he's put up Michael's legal filings against uh, him and Larry up <laughs> as well, which is something that I, I, Michael had not chosen uh, to do. <laughs> and uh, the actual the actual filing of the suit, as I understand it, as, as I understand, I mean, I've read it, and I'm just saying that I'm not a lawyer, and perhaps there's elements of this I'm not completely grasping, but that seems to be mostly uh, about the legal ownership of the trademark and what John deserves from it. Um, back in uh, the mid-90s, when John decided he wanted nothing to do with Burning Man any longer, before leaving, he decided to protect himself, because he very much did not trust Larry at all, and still doesn't, and has grown not to trust uh Michael, that he wanted his his efforts in making Burning Man what it is recognized, and he wanted it uh, done legally. So they, the three of them created an LLC called Paper Man, uh, whose only purpose was to be the owner of the trademark and the brand. Okay, and let's, let's clear for the record. Paper Man only owns Burning Man, but the BlackRock LLC owns Decompression, Flambe Lounge, right. and something else? Yeah, a bunch of other little phrases. Oh, BlackRock City LLC. Right. Um, Black Rock City LLC is the LLC that runs the event, um, who it'll be more convenient, probably, verbally, to just call them Burning Man, as in the people right. who actually put on Burning Man. What had been happening from the time Paper Man was formed, which I believe was 96, is that according to the, f- the filing, uh, Michael Michaels' filing in his suit against Larry, that Burning Man had been paying Paper Man uh, $1,800 a year. This figure is stated differently in John's lawsuit. It may be a typo or it may be that Well, I have a feeling it, um, in the beginning when it started, they each had partnership. The three of them shared partnership, but then John Law's 
portion of it diminished through the years? Of- yeah, I believe he is now a, a fifteen. Is one of the fi- yeah, one of the filings, uh, and I don't even understand the legal mechanics of how that happened, but uh, that that appears to be the case. A couple of years ago, and again, the exact dates are, are in these filings, which can all be found on John Law's uh, website, Burning Man stopped paying Paper Man that $1,800. Michael, because he is also uh, one-sixth of the Black Rock City LLC and an employee of it and still works for the event, uh, uh, complained a bit about this, as I understand it, but uh, sort of let it ride for a couple of years. And then shortly before the event last year, and some of my understanding of this is based on conversations I've had with other people involved. Uh, I believe I believe that what I'm saying is, is educated and correct, though considering it involves people who are not publicly talking about it now, it's possible I'm confused about some details, but Michael uh, allegedly tried to put his foot down about this whole matter shortly before the 2006 event, saying, look, we've got to come to some agreement between Burning Man and Paper Man. We, we, I can't be letting Burning Man have the brand to use um, without any compensation uh, when Larry informed him, oh, well, um, I've already actually taken care of that uh, uh, since I, too, am one of the principals of Paper Man. I've uh, signed a deal with uh, the Black Rex City LLC. And um, which Harley Dubois... Yeah, Harley, uh, as another one-sixth of, of uh, the Black, Black Rex City LLC, LLC, signed it on behalf of Black Rex City LLC. Larry signed it on behalf of Paper Man, and neither Michael nor John knew anything about it. Uh, this is what led Michael to actually sue Larry. And if I'm reading the filing correctly, he was also technically suing John as well. He was. Uh, is that how John got pulled into this? Yes, John... Uh, John claims, and I'm pretty confident that this is true, because when I was interviewing him for my book, um, it actually took a while to get him to agree to do it. He sort of, he wanted nothing to do with Burning Man, he had washed his hands of it, didn't even want to talk about it. Some friends of friends, you know, mutual friends vouched for me, and he agreed uh, to do it. And he, when I asked him a lot of technical questions about Paper Man, he told me, and I, I think it's true, that he doesn't even know what. He's not getting any money from it. He doesn't care, whatever. He doesn't know what's going on. It's, it's out of his hands. But then he was sued. Uh, he was brought into it. He decided that um, he no longer wanted to to be at the mercy of his, his two former partners, uh, whom he had grown to distrust both of them equally. I think he saw Michael's lawsuit as sort of an attempt for Michael to grab grab it all himself, Larry's move, an attempt for Larry to grab it all himself, and he filed suit. But that brings, that brings, yeah. up, an, that brings up an interesting question, which is something I've been pondering since this whole thing is, has been made public, and that, and that is, what is it that they're trying to grab? Yeah, is it... Because, I mean, essentially... The the, esen- well, essentially, the, the, the trademark doesn't generate any revenue. They don't they don't license the, the, the trademark sure. to anyone. It's not like they're getting a license fee from right. Coca-Cola to brand Coca-Cola with, the, with mm-hmm. the man logo. So the only the only way that anyone makes money at Burning Man is by working for, for Burning exactly. Man. Exactly. And, and when they originally when they originally started Burning Man LLC, or uh, Black Rock City LLC and Paper Man LLC, they, they had that contingency clause in there that if you right. were to leave, that you would get paid $20,000. And and so and that was it. Other than that, you just collected your salary. Yeah. So this so this I, that's what I, that's what I'm confused about is this Paperman LLC seem, seeming seems to me I'm not a lawyer but mm-hmm. it seems to me that it, it was essentially just created to protect the trademark and mm-hmm. it essentially was doing that for the last however many years since 1996 so it's been doing that effectively. So so why what what's Larry's motivation then for for doing this for signing it over to BlackRock City LLC? What what possible motivation could they have? 
here's what I think. I don't think it was really ultimately that important. And, and this is... Some of this is just the usual bullshit, gossipy speculation that any of us involved in Burning Man can engage in because we're interested in it and, you know, we, we like to guess. Um, about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I will say, I will assume the mantle of authority in, to some sense and say that this is, this is a guess that may be wrong, but it is based on the 90 million hours of interviewing I did with Larry for my book. And <laughs> I don't think Larry did think of, of it as a very important thing one way or the other. What I think he did think of it of as, as a, a petty nuisance that he wanted to be done with. But John Law calls it a power grab. Yeah, that's John's opinion. John has a very low and suspicious opinion of Larry. I, I believe this is an exact quote from my book. I have a, a part where, I, where, where I'm getting into the whole uh, John-Larry war, uh, explaining what each of them have to say about each other, and as I said, I, I do not agree with John's assessment of Larry, and I do not agree with Larry's assessment of John. I, I admire both men very much, both admire and have a, a fair amount of personal affection for them. Having, I've spent a lot of time with John, not just as a reporter, but on various pranks and missions, and you know, running around Toltepec, Mexico, with explosions going going off all around us and haunted houses and the like. Um, I don't think it was a power grab on Larry's part. I think Larry has always thought... He never thought that John and Michael really had any right to it. He felt from the beginning, or at least from very shortly after the beginning, that he kind of had been pressured into this. He never thought Paperman was a good idea. He never thought the three of them owning the trademark was a good idea. Um, he always believed that Burning Man was something bigger than any individual except possibly himself but certainly bigger bigger than uh, than John or Michael and I think he just thought it was kind of a silly game like okay yeah whatever oh right yeah you guys yeah you guys own two thirds of Burning Man whatever whatever and finally saw an opportunity to like oh, let's just wrap this up this is stupid let you know hey I'm paper man too why don't I just uh, but it's really, bring but it's this really, to an end but it's really not very intelligent on, on Larry's part at all because it, because up until this point John Law only had a 10% vote in paper man's company and if he would have just kept paper man as it was he would essentially kept John Law keeping quiet. the status quo and, 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 and yeah. quiet and, and, so, as, and now, as far as I know J- John's even 10% meant nothing I don't think John ever got the 10% of the 1800 or had ever <laughs> been consulted um, as near as I can tell all paperman business was being conducted by Michael um, he was the one filing all the forms they had to file uh, so on and so forth I ha- obviously what is happening now cannot be unless he has a crafty vision beyond even what we can presume, what Larry wanted to happen. I can only assume that what Larry thought would happen is that Michael, who is, after all, a, a member of Black Rock City LLC and uh, an employee of Black Rock City LLC, would just kind of go, ah, damn, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, surely he did not expect Michael to sue over it. If he, if he did, uh, you know... Well, I understand that originally he went yeah. to arbitration. Right. Oh, it is in arbitration, yeah. but that is... That, right. that, that is... But John Law's lawsuit suspended it. I see. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but arbitra- that is a legal procedure. Okay. It's just a choice that two people I in the see. lawsuit can, can, uh, can, uh, can come to. Uh, so, uh, Larry, uh, I guess miscalculated, I right. think we can agree. I think he assumed that Michael would just roll over and go, okay, well, I tried this little gambit and mm-hmm. it failed and whatever. And, uh, you know, to, to, to Larry's mind, Burning Man is the property of the Black Rock City LLC uh, uh, properly. And he's, well, the uh, thing is, Larry Harvey and the Black Rock City LLC breached their agreement with the Paper Man LLC. 
So I think it's perfectly within the right and responsibility of the community that help give value to the mark to ask questions like, why is one corporation comprised of six people owning the mark better than when it was controlled by three people? Or And why should we, the community, trust the Black Rock City LLC when they've broken a legal contract? Here is my, here is my answer, and uh, I think it's a fairly representative answer. It touches on what, what you had asked earlier, which is, what is the big deal that's actually at stake here? Right. Um, I think the answer is nothing. I don't think there's any big deal at stake here, either for the community or for John, Michael, or Larry. I don't think Burning Man became what it did because it was called Burning Man. Like, that's such an incredibly brilliant little set of words that it is what attracted people. No, what it is is what attracted people. Um, So, if if Paper Man in 1996, uh, in whatever capacity, you know, we own the name Burning Man and we're not letting you use it at all, then the event would have proceeded, probably, I'm guessing, under the name the Black Rocks Arts Festival, which was actually a name they used right, for in the right. 90s once, mm-hmm. or whatever. It wouldn't have mattered what it was. It would still be exactly where, where it is today. And what's going to happen if John's lawsuit proceeds is, this is the whole point of having this report, a judge or a jury is going to have to decide the answer to the question you asked, which is, what is it worth that... BlackRock City LLC has been using Paper Man's property, the words Burning Man. What is it worth? Right. They may just, dis- I think if, if they're sensible, they'll decide it's probably not worth much. I mean, regardless of the fact that BlackRock City LLC has been drawing in its $8.5 million or whatever a year, uh, they will then have to decide, well, how much of that $8.5 million is attributable to the trademark? You know, it seems but, negligible but John, to me. But John Laws put an interesting proposition on the table. Yes. He's not just saying that I want ha- I want a, yeah. I want a portion of that 8.5 million pie. What he's saying is is, is I want to take that that trademark and, and release it to the public. Yeah. And and the thing the thing you know you, you state and I, and I agree with you that Burning Man the name means is meaningless. It you know it could be called anything. And, and if somebody has a rave, snakes in the mail for having said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but if somebody but if somebody has a rave, okay, out in El Mirage Dry Lake bed, no one's going to confuse that with the thing that happens in in the Black Rock Desert every year the week before Labor Day. Um, but what I think is what I think is interesting. Uh, is how the community drink is uh, so up in arms about this uh, about this trademark being released in, or potentially being released into the public domain. I mean, what do you think about that aspect of it? You know, what do you think would happen if it was released into the public domain? Because right now, Burning Man vehemently uh, enforces the trademark laws. If you yeah. put, if you put something up on eBay and said, "Hey, this is a great costume for Burning Man," mm-hmm. you'll get a you'll get a you know a, right. a cease and desist order from Terry Gross or Action Girl or whoever the hell is sending it out that day and telling you to take it down. And yeah. and uh, and you can't they don't they don't let anything slide. I mean, right. they really don't. They don't let anything slide. And uh, I found that that ten- tenacity of theirs has pretty much only aggravated members of the community. Hey. <laughs> Because things like the incident, you, 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 the the type of incident you just mentioned, people trying to sell clothes on eBay. Right. I mean, it's not it's not harming anyone, I don't think, uh, and nor do I think anything that might happen in the realm of marketing. And um, it is my belief, partially based on my difficulty in selling my book, that uh, the Burning Man <laughs> as, a, as a market. Um, like corporations, if they choose to go after us as a market, are idiots and are going to lose Whoa, their shirt. Microsoft. We're not that big a market. Uh, what? Malcolm in the middle. 
Yeah, well, Malcolm Mill was telling a story. Right. They weren't trying to sell anything to us. Uh-huh. In fact, they were telling yeah. a story that they thought was funny that wasn't really to us. Um, in my opinion, I thought they did a great oh, job. It was the best coverage yeah. ever of the event. Within the context of like, yeah, within the context of broad comedy, I thought they really got this right. They were, I mean, it was funny and it was a, a little, you know, it was it was mocking in the way that we all are mocking most of us, the more sensible of us in the Burning Man community. Uh, you know. We can take the piss out of Burning Man better than anyone. We we know what's ridiculous about it better than anyone, and um, and they did a great job with that. But that wasn't that wasn't an attempt to sell. Uh, you know, that wasn't the sort of like you know, oh, burn, the Burning Man branded car lipstick or whatever. Um, first of all, I don't think it's going to happen. Second of all, if it did happen. It may give us all something to complain about on Tribe, which we all live for. Is it going to affect like what it is that we love about Burning Man, which is the experience of being out there with uh, you know our tent collapsing right. behind our heads in a dust storm and you know laughing and snorting vodka out of our nose? No, it won't. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I I was getting to that earlier. The distinction between how John has sold his lawsuit as a sort of PR thing, which is that his real goal is to make it no one's property. That's not specifically what the lawsuit says, yeah. but as I understand it, you can't sue to do that. Right, like right. no one has any standing to sue to make something public domain. So I, I think his line is that the the suit is a tool in order to get right. his real goal, which is making it public domain. Um, which I half think he's doing just to like put a hot foot at Right. Larry is he Michael. culture jamming as a cacophonist? Yeah. Is he yeah. just jamming the culture yeah, of he, yeah, he's like, okay, I have had enough. Is it a, the question he keeps asking, is it a movement or is it a brand? So yeah, I know you wrote a whole book about yeah. this brand. Yeah, right on. I like this game. Anything like let's <laughs> let's make it a real movement. Let's um like like I said, I don't believe that Larry has some long term cash out scheme, which John apparently genuinely believes because John doesn't trust. Well, what Larry. about the franchise? Yeah. Larry. What about the franchise? I believe that that fits in with Larry's uh, messianic world changing <laughs> vision, as opposed to his make a lot of money vision. Um, he believes, and I don't believe this, and this is another scene in my book that I thought was kind of funny and dramatic, where, where Larry, we, we spent this crazy, like, eight-hour night in his kitchen, his dank, dark, enclosed kitchen, with him just smoking and smoking and smoking, and the room got darker and easier, <laughs> and, and uh, he, 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 Larry began to talk about... Uh, oh, here uh, we what, what could this all mean? Uh, it, it has to. It's, it, 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 it can't be just a party. It's 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 got to be more than that. And I I believe it is. And I I believe that 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 that, that what this stands for can can become something more. A, 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 a larger vision of 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 how people can live. You know, if, if it's just a party in the desert, then I I don't give a damn. It's going to be something bigger. Uh, so um uh. And while while the petty things they do with the regionals, like you know, make all of which I don't even actually know at this point, because frankly, I finished writing that book in two thousand and three, and I, I haven't kept a good reporter's eye on everything that's happened since then. Uh, but is it the case that they actually that if it's 
a Burning Man branded regional event that there's some tithing involved. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, some tithing. They've, 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 they've got something called the Ten Principles. Right. It's like a yeah. you know kind of a you know, and Larry, yeah. Larry came down from the mountain with two tablets right. and yeah. That's I mean that's not a way to get rich. They do they do all sorts of things that shoot themselves in the foot I think because they really do have a great set of of ideals and they do these weird things that make people question them from from center camp you know right. it's like. Especially someone who has to explain Burning Man to the public a lot. It's yeah. like, yeah, that I really up. wish they didn't have Center Camp because then they go, oh, nothing sold <laughs> there, right? And I go, well, yeah, but Coffee. and then and everyone's like, what? Why? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Like, it's about yeah. this is, as Larry explained it to me. It's about meeting the stranger. Yeah, <laughs> we're all going to meet the stranger. Is. We're all going to meet the stranger. Yeah. We're going to meet them. They're everywhere. You yeah, know? and and the tithing part again. I mean, obviously they're not making a million off of this tithe, uh, but. It makes people question their motives. Right, the fact right. that they do it at all makes people right. question their motives. So they're not really making money off of it. They're making people suspicious about it. I wish they wouldn't do it, but I, I don't at all believe it, it has to do... It's not about the money. It's about the control, which is what this fight right. over the brand mm-hmm. is about. Right. Um, in the same way that John Law mistrusts Larry Harvey, Larry Harvey mistrusts the wider world. And yeah. what would the wider world do if they could take the name of his thing and do whatever they so wanted? So wouldn't releasing the trademark be a real t- litmus test as to whether Burning Man is a brand or a bona fide social movement? I'm going to sound like my good friend Jim Mason here. I think he, if he didn't say this about this debate, he should have. We should look... To our leader, our leader Larry, <laughs> to do the right thing, and the right thing, and Larry has has a little bit of, of a habit, I think, of doing this over the years, of of eventually taking an idea that that wasn't his idea originally, and in fact that he was actually opposed to, coming back to it later and presenting it as if it his idea. I think Larry should take John's idea two months from now and present <laughs> it as this is the right thing to do. I I've come to believe I I. I, I trust our community. I I, I know uh, Burning Man has, has, has come to mean something more than than something you can sell, whether selling a, a ticket or a, or a, a, a lip gloss or, or anything. And uh, and uh, and I believe that the spirit of this community is stronger than marketing, and that marketing uh, cannot affect it and cannot destroy it. And just present it because I really think it would, it would be great PR oh, yeah. for, for him to embrace it because it would totally it would wipe away I mean John Law has the most magnified version of this suspicion but there's there's a lot of it out there a lot yeah. of people wonder what are these people up to and uh, I don't think they're up to anything bad I think they're up to, to running this event that we all love and uh, I think by embracing this opportunity that John Law has inadvertently presented him I think Larry could become a real hero and I think it would cause no harm whatsoever to his event and no harm whatsoever even to his pocketbook if that yeah, is no his wait I want to draw an analogy sure. here so the roots of Burning Man are, are kind of married with cacophony but I want to take it back to another movement in San Francisco the diggers from the 60s yeah. in that case where they where they advocated they were from San Francisco they advocated the free city right. and then they started that uh, death of hippie birth of free mm-hmm. if if Burning Man were to move into the public domain, would that be the death of Burning Man? <laughs> and the birth of free. That would be great. Um, no, absolutely not. Uh, no. I, they would, I'm sh- if it were public domain, I'm sure they would still continue calling it Burning Man. Larry seems quite attached to the name. Uh, I think Burning Man would continue to attract the same people it attracts for the same reason it attracts them. 
you know, little tiny bits of growth every year, an extra 500 or 1,000 uh, every year. How could it? How could it hurt Burning Man? That was part two in a conversation with Brian Doherty, author of This is Burning Man, which is available in paperback through Ben Bella. If you would like more information about Brian, please click on our show notes at burncast.net. We'll conclude today's episode with a song that is a work in progress, produced by Doherty's music band, Band Rehearsal, entitled, I Was Doing Drugs at the Burning Man. spreading the flames about the art, culture, and community of Burning Man. For more information, please visit our website, burncast.net. To contact us, please call the Burncast hotline at 206-350-1416 or leave us a message by clicking on the My Chingo recorder embedded at our website. You can also send us an email at burncast at gmail.com. A very special thanks to Lecter of NoSpectators.com for hosting these podcasts. Doing drugs at the burning man